and welcome to Gloucester Vineyard Church's weekly podcast. We're creating a community that brings hope and joy to Gloucestershire, and we are thrilled that you've downloaded this week's message. So without further ado, let's hear the talk. So, this is our third and final week of sharing the mic. If you haven't been here the last two weeks, Emily and I have been taking the first three talks of our kind of new chapter to speak into the priorities of this church, which we feel are really key to us. Three things alongside our vision and value as a church um, that we feel are really important to us as we emerge from COVID into more settled and normal times. Please, Jesus. Um, We have talked about our focus on apprenticeship to Jesus or discipleship to Jesus, and that that being being, uh, following him and being formed to look more like him. Last week, we talked about multiplication, about our hope and expectation that Jesus will build this church and what we're going to do when that happens. Um, And this week is the final week. Today we are going to talk about being a blessing. And if you missed any of those talks and you want to catch up, uh, you can go and download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, We've really enjoyed the last two Sundays. Definitely. Yes, it's been quite good fun. We've learned to work together We have. So that's been fun, hasn't it? So good. Some slight road bumps with the old collaboration efforts, wasn't there, last week? We did better this week. Much better this week. It was much better this week. Um, But anyway, so we've enjoyed the last two Sundays. We hope you have too. Um, But we just felt a bit like kind of discipleship and apprenticeship is all kind of a little bit up here. Maybe a little bit kind of big picture future stuff. And we wanted to finish by just talking really like grounded, nitty gritty, everyday life. How can we kind of apply this day to day? So today, as I said, we're going to be talking about blessing and how we're called each day to be a blessing to those around us, both as individuals and as a group. But before we do, we wouldn't be Gloucester Vineyard Church if we didn't play a very quick game. Another one! Another one. So, um, this is very simple. Um, This is based on the lies that our parents told us when we were children. Um, So yes, I know, it's a rich vein of conversation. Um, So let's just see. (laughs) Daniel's parents looking Yeah, my parents are in the room, so this could be interesting. Um, So, for example, what happens if you don't eat your crusts? Anybody? You get curly hair. Or crucially, not curly hair. Depending. Or straight hair. Or straight hair. On your family. Eat, eat your crusts or your hair will be undesirable. Um, what, why shouldn't you pull funny faces? Because if the wind changes, your face will get stuck like that. Such a load of absolute rubbish. What were our parents thinking? And why shouldn't you swallow gum? Yes? How long will it get stuck inside you? Seven years. What a load of total rubbish. That's not how digestive systems work. I d- it's I such a load of rubbish. Seven days, apparently. Seven so. days. There you go. Yeah. Load of rubbish. Has anybody else got one? Like lies our parents told us that we found out. Yeah, go on, Paul. A bullet wound from the oh. awe. <laughs> That's rubbish. Anybody Dad's else? Appendix. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I remember that one. Apple trees growing in your stomach. Any other ones? <laughs> An ice cream van at the top of every mountain. That's just, I feel like I you mean, don't have to do that once to, to, to realise that's not true. Yeah. It's a lifetime of disappointment. <laughs> we, we've told our children that when the ice cream van makes the noise, it's because they've run out of ice cream and they're just letting everybody know that there's no ice cream left. Sorry, guys. My mum once uh, convinced all four of me and my siblings for quite a long time and we'd share it with our friends all through primary school. She used to be a gladiator. <laughs> if you've ever met, yeah. So if you've ever met my mum, she's like the mumsiest mum in the world. <laughs> she's definitely not like gladiator, but I definitely told all my friends that. Yeah, anyway. of course you did. Okay, so our parents told us a bunch of lies, but in fairness, there are some good things that our parents told us too. Like, so for example, if you haven't got anything nice to say, 
Don't say anything at all. Classic. Foundational. So true. But today we are talking about blessings. So really what we're saying today is if you haven't got anything nice to say, try a little bit harder. So... What do we mean by blessing? It's a bit of a Christian-y word, um, or I guess in English, we often use it in quite a, like a soft, like soft way, like, oh, bless you, oh, bless him. That's really sweet, oh, bless. Um, but in the Bible, the word blessing is not this soft, sympathetic word. It is um, a powerful and intentional force. Blessing is a specific thing. And when you pick up your Bible and you start reading it, this word blessing just crops up almost immediately. In the very first chapter of the Bible, we read about God creating the world and why he created it. And the first thing God does after making people, the crowning feature of his wonderful world, is he chooses to bless them. It says, there you go, it says, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. God's first words to humanity were a blessing, to go and to multiply, um, to be fruitful and to rule over the world. It's the first thing God does and says, clearly blessing, whatever it is, and we'll unpack it in a bit, is really important to God. And if you pay attention to this idea of blessing as you read the following chapters, you see it popping up again and again. And you start to build a picture of what the Bible is talking about when it uses the word blessing. You start to notice that it's something that God does to humanity quite a lot. You notice that it ends up being something fathers do, start doing to their children. Um, and so what does it mean to bless something or someone? Um, so we're going to take a couple of minutes on our tables or in our little groups of chairs um, to chat with, it, chat with the people around us and see if we can come up with, scribble it down, type it on your phone, whatever, with a really simple definition of what is a blessing. Um, no Christianese, anyone should be able to understand what you're saying. Two minutes, go. All right, let's hear what you've got. Does anyone want to be a representative on your table or group of people? What have you got for, what is a blessing? Should we risk oh. the feedback? <gasps> no, Paul does. Um, so, so a blessing, so we, we, we were kind of thinking about when God blesses people, that it's not like you were saying, it's not just a wishy-washy well. You know, when he sent the Israelites off, it wasn't just, well, best of luck then. Hope it all goes well. <laughs> and it was, I'm with you. I will, I will supply your every need and I will bless you. I will give you things. Um, and yeah. So then the, the difference is then, as you pointed out, what if we bless somebody? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm not God. I'm not Jesus. If I say, you know, bless you, what does that mean? So there's an element of God's presence. There's an element of giving things. Anybody Being else? Being given things. Sarah wants Thank to you say guys. something. You've been nominated. Well, um, we have a few things here. It's for good rather than harm, an undeserved gift. And oftentimes we receive it when in need, but actually some of the best blessings are not actually asked for. And a blessing can be really very comforting, comforting words, comforting actions. Brilliant, thank you. So gifts in need, comforting for good, not bad. Brilliant. 
an action or statement that helps someone. Um, we also got an undeserved gift. Um, or for the sake of being good, um, to show love and ultimately from God through us. Brilliant. Amen. All right. See you next week, guys. Thanks. So uh, like a provision of good things or a, a prayer for provision of good things or mm -hmm. uh, a prayer for someone to stop sneezing? Prayer for someone to stop sneezing. A bless you. A bless. Oh, yeah. I, did that. I didn't even register. Good one. Oh dear, it's oh, going to be a long it's morning. Been a long week. Um, brilliant. So you guys have hit on quite a few bits and bobs, and we, um, uh, over our time of learning and studying and things, um, we have looked at what it meant. It would have meant in the ancient Hebrew context to the people who first heard these stories of God blessing and who discovered God through them, um, and we learned that to bless is to speak increase and well. Sorry, you sorry. moved it. I just as really it's to sorry. speak increase over something or someone. It's to speak peace and prosperity and well-being over someone. And it's more than the wishful thinking um, that we might think. It's more than our really hope that goes well for you. Um, blessing usually comes from someone with authority, with resource, and with influence. So when they speak increase, it actually means something material is going to happen. Um, and we also found this uh, really thought-provoking uh, definition in our research, and it says this, to bless is to bring a gift to another while kneeling out of respect. So to bless is to bring a gift to another whilst kneeling out of respect. And I was just stopped in my tracks by that definition. Like to, to bless is to kneel and bring a gift, you know, something of value that causes an increase in the person that you're blessing. It's really deep. Like it's, it almost makes it feel more foreign, not less foreign as a definition. Like who kneels anymore? What does that even mean? But the incredible thing for us to pay attention to here is that God blesses us, that God blesses humanity. You know, we read it just now, that just after God made people, he blessed them. So God made humans, and if this definition is right, and I think it might be applying some poetic license, but it's worth us thinking about it and meditating on it, God makes humans and then knelt before them and gave them a gift and a purpose to increase and multiply, like... Seriously, go home, make a cup of tea and think about that for half an hour. Like, what is that all about? And as you read on in your Bible, you'll see this theme of blessing. It gets developed amazingly later in the book when there's this guy called Abraham who rocks up. And God is basically like, I'm going to sort this whole world out through your family. But your family's not going to be like this epic war force. I'm not just going to make you really mighty. Your family is going to be a source and a force of ultimate blessing. Mm -hmm. And God commissions Abraham when he starts his family, and he says, I will bless you and make you famous. I, you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. And all of the families on earth will be blessed through you. Now, that last bit is super important for us to pay attention to. Um, that Abraham gets blessed by God, but not for the purpose of just being blessed. You know, this isn't just so that Abraham gets rich and famous and can just retire in comfort. The purpose of Abraham's blessing is to in turn use that blessing to bless all of the families of the earth. Um, you know, God is going to increase Abraham's life, make him great. Um, and in response, Abraham is to spread that blessing to the whole world. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. It is, it's an enormous claim that God's making there. But 
why does that matter to us in uh, Gloucester in the 21st century? Why should we care about some ancient Hebrew thing that God said to one bloke thousands of years ago? From the moment that God blessed Abraham's family, that forever became their mandate. They were always meant to be the means by which God would bless the whole world. And sometimes this family got it right, and sometimes they royally messed up and even forgot about it entirely. But that didn't mean that God forgot about it. He still wanted to bless the world through this family. God wanted Abraham's family to kneel before the world and bring a gift of great value. And the reason we should care about it is because now we too get to have that blessing. Because of Jesus, the church is now grafted into Abraham's extended family and we've inherited that commission to be a blessing to the whole world, to kneel before the world and bring a gift of great value. Each of us as individuals and we as a church together have a job to bless and be a blessing to the world. And so as we bring this uh, little mini-series to, uh, to land, we're going to spend the rest of the time this morning talking about um, two really practical ways all of us can start stepping into this commission. We're going to be talking about how we can be a blessing to a world which desperately, desperately needs to be blessed. And so the first and easiest way we can be a blessing is with our words. To use our words to bless those around us. In every interaction that we have with anyone else, to be looking to speak blessing over them. I really, really love this idea, just because it's so easy for us to do, and yet it has such an enormous impact. Words are powerful. We all know it's true. Going back to those little phrases, sticks and stones may break my bone, but... Words will never hurt me. I mean, I think we can all have experience that that is just a load of rubbish. I'm going with rubbish. Um, I heard someone say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will tear your heart out. And I think that's probably more to the point. How many of us know this is true? How many of us are still carrying the hurtful things people have spoken to us? How many of us know that things that people said to us when we were children can follow all the way into adulthood and scrabble up our brain? Words are really powerful. One of my favourite books in the Bible is written by uh, Jesus' brother James, um, and he's really got his finger on the pulse here, and he unpacks it in chapter 3 of a book of James. He's talking about the words we say and how if we're not careful, we'll just find our mouths taking control of our lives, saying things we don't necessarily think or mean. He says, For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Now, James is making a pretty bold claim there that our tongues, our mouths, the things that we say are some of the hardest things for us to control. Uh, And if we we could get that under control, then we could control the rest of our lives. Like, can anybody else here relate to that? Has anybody else said something in the last seven days that they regret? Yeah, there's like two of you. Three of, oh, yeah, some honesty in the room. I don't know about you, I usually say something I regret before breakfast every day. I am not a morning person. My poor children. Um, James is saying that our words are super hard to control. 
And if we're just on neutral, it takes a real force of will to get them under control. And it goes on later in chapter 3. It says, sometimes our tongues, they praise our, Father, our Lord and Father. And sometimes our mouths can curse those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. And so James there is talking about blessing and cursing. And we, we heard that curse word earlier on. And, you know, just like we don't really talk about blessing, we don't really talk about cursing either. Like, we don't really have a decent frame of reference what that is either. But very, very simply, a curse is just the opposite of a blessing. So if a blessing is kneeling in respect and giving a gift intended to bring good and increase into someone's life, a curse is to speak with disrespect, to speak with disregard, to raise ourselves over someone is more important to them and to take from them something that they need in order that we might be advantaged. So a curse is to stand in disrespect over someone and take something that they have that we need in order to build ourselves up. That's what James is talking about. He's talking about the choice that we have to build people with our words or break people with our words. It's really, really powerful stuff. And if we're not careful with our words we can end up cursing people with the things that we say. Hurting them and harming them, robbing them of their dignity, and even robbing them of their humanity, all in the name of building ourselves up, making ourselves feel secure and powerful. We should really pay attention to this, because we can all relate to the power of words, can't we? And so, how should we respond? Because... As individuals and as the church, we are called to be a people of blessing. And that has to start with the things that we say. And as followers of Jesus, we should be the best at this. Our default setting should be speaking life and increase over everyone that we meet. We should be walking around looking for opportunities to speak blessing into people's lives. We're not called to live lives cutting people down in order to build ourselves up. We are called to a much greater purpose. What if we were known as a community of relentless blessing? What if when people encountered our church, they went away feeling increased, feeling built up? What if we just sought every opportunity to like flex the blessing muscle? Students, what if you go back to halls this afternoon, seek out the lowest, loneliest person in your block and look to speak encouragement to them? Parents, what if we sought to make it our habit at least once a day to call forth the beauty in our children, to recognise the gold that God has placed in them and call it out? Wouldn't it be amazing for our kids to grow into adults remembering the words of blessing spoken over them? People in the workplace, what if we were known to be the one who is embarrassingly and relentlessly encouraging, seeking out success, highlighting it, praising people for their efforts, regardless of how we've been treated, being the ones to lead the culture in our workplaces. To be speaking blessing is an art of identifying something beautiful in someone and speaking that truth over them of saying, I see in you an awesome haircut, or how thoughtful you are, you're always looking out for each other. 
if we're feeling really brave, we might tap into what we think the Holy Spirit has to say to bless that person today. Don't have to be weird about it, just need to speak it over people. We call that prophecy. What a privilege to act as God's messengers, delivering his love and his healing to a person who just needs to hear it. In a world where truth is more and more up for grabs and murky, we are called to be people who don't stand up for our own personal truth, but look for opportunities to identify and speak God's beautiful truth over people. And so we're actually going to take a few minutes to do that now. Ha ha! Um, we are going to mill around for let's say two minutes. Do you reckon we could get the two minutes up again? Yes! How many times can we have this up in one Sunday? Um, your job is to find as many people as you can and bless them, to speak truth over them. Now, this may feel quite awkward because we might not all know each other, um, but what better place to start practicing? This is a safe place because I've said so. Um, and because we're all going to be saying it to each other, we're all going to be doing the same. Um, so, there are people in the room who are new, um, so you might be able to be like, I think that you're wearing that jumper really well. Who knows? But it may well be that you know someone or you've spotted that they're really good at welcoming or um, that they've just been really thoughtful or whatever it is. Um, two minutes, go and speak blessing over as many people as you can. I feel like this is the most anti-introvert Sunday morning of all time. I'm really, really sorry, really sorry for your loss. Um, introverts are also welcome in the kingdom of God, and we love you very much. And I'm very sorry that this has been a very other people-y type of Sunday. I, re I resonate. I am also an introvert. Um, but guys, how, who feels built up? Anybody feel built up in the room? Yeah, I can see some people being built up. A few. A few people have been built up. That's fine. 50% is okay with me. But guys, this is not rocket science, is it? This is a small and simple way that we can uh, really seriously and profoundly love our neighbors and spread the kingdom of God. So let's practice it. Let's give it a go this week. So finally, just as we finish off, we just want to talk about blessing people with our actions. Uh, and this is just basically what we mean by serving. It's humbling ourselves, kneeling before people and giving them the gift of our time and our effort. So Jesus is our truest example of this. Um, we read about Jesus' desire to serve in one of my absolute favorite books of the Bible. It's a letter, it's called Philippians, and it's a letter to a church, and it says this. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he didn't think of equality with God as something to cling on to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Jesus, although he had all the privilege in the universe, humbled himself and he knelt down, he emptied himself in order to serve. In fact, I don't know if you spotted that word, it's stronger than serve. He says he humbled himself to the position of a slave for us. That's another one to have a cup of tea and think about. Good Lord. And as Gloucester Vineyard Church, we've always felt really compelled by this verse and that we should actually take it really seriously. That actually part of our identity as Christians should be to regularly practice this, to give up our privilege, to humble ourselves and serve. And so since the first week of this church, three and a half years ago, we have taken a Sunday or two out of our monthly schedule to go out onto the streets of Gloucester and serve people in practical ways. 
So at the moment, as I said just now, we are doing that on the first Sunday of every month. We call it a Super Sunday. We go out, we pick up litter, we paint buildings, we plant gardens. We basically look for ways to generally bless people. We look for organizations that we can partner with who are trying to do stuff, and we go and put some muscle behind it and bless them with our actions and with our time. Um, and we've been mainly focusing on a neighborhood in the center of Gloucester called Barton. And you might wonder why. Why are we focusing in Barton? And it's very simply because we've observed that Barton is a neighborhood which historically has suffered uh, from people seeing the worst in the neighborhood and speaking that over it. And we felt like God actually wanted to speak blessing over that neighborhood very simply. So we've been rolling up our sleeves, we've been getting stuck in and trying our best to bless Barton with our actions and with our words. And we're a pretty new church, as you can probably tell, and we're still figuring a lot of this out um, and what it's going to look like going forward. And of course, COVID didn't help. Thank you very much. But at the core, we want to be a community which is dead set on being a blessing to those around us and primarily being a blessing to the people who need it the most. Um, and so if you call this church your home already, this is a reminder um, where am I? Here I am. This is a reminder that this is a really important part of what it means to be Gloucester Vineyard Church. It's a super important aspect of our apprenticeship to Jesus, to go out and serve together. And if you're a guest or a visitor here and you're thinking about making this your church, then you need to know that this is what we do. Once a month, we go out and we seek ways that we can be a blessing to those in Barton and the other neighborhoods in our county. Um, and this is the perfect time to be talking to it about this because, as I said, we're doing it next week. We're going back to the theatre, which is worth seeing just because it's kind of amazing and abandoned and needs a lot of work. There's an organisation that are trying to restore the theatre, and we go in every now and again and we help them to kind of, I don't know, whatever. We're going to might pressure wash the front of it, which would make an enormous difference, which I'm quite looking forward to. And we're going to go around and we're going to pick up litter around Barton as well because there's just always loads of litter everywhere. I remember there's a, there's a park up by the school which every week I make a beeline for the same corner because it's full of condoms and needles and we want to be a church that goes in and picks up the condoms and needles because I wouldn't let my girls play in that park and so the children of that neighborhood shouldn't have to play in that park so we are the people who do that we are the people who want to kneel before Barton and humble ourselves give up our privilege and serve because we believe that that's the example that Jesus has set for us <clears throat> got some fire in my belly over that one um, so we want to encourage you to come and join us because it is really good fun Okay, that's all for this week. We hope that blessed you. And if you enjoyed this week's message, then share it with a friend or consider subscribing to the podcast to stay up to date. And if you'd like to get involved with what we're doing here in Gloucester, all the details are on our website, gloucestervineyard.org.